0: Scripture reading this morning comes from Philippians from the 3rd chapter the 12th through the 14th verses Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's been an interesting year as moderator for me so far. I've had to travel a good bit. And as I understand it from other moderators' past, that uh, that is normal. I've spoken to the young people at Appalachia, perhaps some here. I spoke uh, just recently at the Women's Ministries meeting at Bon clarken their old synodical meeting. I even spoke at the third largest ARP church. I spoke at their 1015 service. They have seven services. There were over 500 in attendance. Perhaps you've heard of it. Hyoshen Bible Presbyterian Church in Flushing, New York, a Korean congregation. I want to thank you, though. You win the award for the shortest distance I had to travel. (laughs) Our emphasis this year is on the free offer of the gospel, the need to spread the gospel, to share the gospel. It is our commission it is what we are commanded in Scripture to do, and it is of utter necessary uh, necessity to our denomination. As I stated at Synod, and as you may have read in the ARP magazine, we have 269 congregations in the ARP church. Of those, only 28 report more than 200 active members. Think about that for a moment. 54% of our congregations... have less than 200 active members. 30% of our congregations have less than 100 active members. We are a small denomination that is in decline, numerically and financially. Our denominational ministry fund takes in approximately $2,417,000, and 60% of that comes from 20 churches. I want to thank you for being one of those 20, for supporting the denomination and its boards and its agencies for the work that we undertake. But I also want to challenge you today, a very serious challenge to what is, at least statistically, our sixth largest church, you, a challenge to not only support the denomination but to reach out, to undertake this revival that is needed so desperately in the ARP. Paul is writing from prison to the church at Philippi. We know a little bit about the church at Philippi and about the community at Philippi at the time. It's a rather interesting story. The Romans had taken over the city, and they had made it a Roman colony, and I suspect there's a few lawyers in in the community here who can understand what I'm getting at here, they had rights. Unlike the, the cities that were taken under conquest and just under Roman rule, a Roman colony, the citizens of that city had rights. The reason they made Philippi a Roman colony was because they also made it a retirement community. Roman soldiers who had served valiantly in the Roman Empire were given a piece of land in Philippi they retired there with the full rights of a Roman citizen. For a soldier that had perhaps been captured and then joined the, the military, say from Spain or even from Israel, this would have been a major, major retirement benefit. And Paul is writing to this community of many retired soldiers. And yet his words are rather striking. He tells them they're not done, they're not retired from the Lord's army, that there's still work to be done, that there's still much to be taken up, that there is still much ministry to be taken care of, that the Lord is still building a great work within them. This is that sanctification that Romans talks about, the continual work of the Lord in their lives. And so they must continue to do that work. Now, that's not always easy. I suspect that there are those here who are retired. They may still go to work each day, but they're still (laughs) retired. And so it's easy to, to have a mentality of, well, I've done my job, and even bring that into your faith. But just as those soldiers were retired from the Roman Empire, but they were not retired from God's work, our work is not done. Ministry is difficult. Doing the work of the evangelist, doing the work that's described in Scripture, isn't always easy. In fact, it takes us out of our comfort zone, doesn't it? It's just not comfortable. But as a body of believers, as Christians, we're called, we're commissioned to do this work. Whether it's on a mission field or here at home, we are constantly challenged to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ, to grapple with and to grab hold of a faith that will challenge us and will change us continually. Now, I realize I just said a word a lot of you don't like change. <laughs> Some folks don't really like change at all, they like things to say the same. They want to eat the same foods. After all, they like them. Drive the same kind of car. Live in the same kind of house. Pretty much dress the same kind of way, whether the the fashion is in season or not. They want to shop at the same stores. Go to the same bank. They want things to stay the same. You see, they find them comfortable. 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 And unfortunately, many times they bring that mindset into the church. And they want the church to be comfortable. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hands or even answer out loud, but just take a moment and answer this question Do you want this church to grow? Do you want this church to grow? Don't be so quick to answer now. I suspect everybody in here went, sure. But you didn't really hear the question, did you? Do you want this church to grow? When I'm talking about growing, I'm talking about the kind of work the Holy Spirit did in the book of Acts where thousands are brought to salvation daily where the power of God is evident and things are happening Do You want the church to grow. You see, when I ask that question around, folks will always say yes. But many times they'll say, but. (laughs) Yes, I want the church to grow, but not too fast, not too big, not in a different way. You see, they don't really want the church to grow. They just don't want it to die. And that's two totally different mindsets. The folks who don't want the church to die want things to stay comfortable and like they are. Just bring in more people who look like us and act like us and dress like us to replace the ones that are leaving we just don't want the church to die. They don't want change. They want comfort. They don't want a bunch of new people. I mean, you know, just like Jonah going to Nineveh. You remember the story of Jonah. He doesn't want to go to Nineveh because they might actually believe. And then where would he be? They might actually hear the call to repentance and they might change and, well, you know, he didn't really like those Ninevites. They didn't look like him. They didn't act like him. They didn't dress like him. And after all, they were Ninevites. It's real easy to do that today. To say, oh, we want the church to grow, but not really. What you're saying is you don't want it to die. You want it to stay the same. Just not die. Then you say those words you should never really say in church. Well, we've never done it that way before. Or in an older ARP church, that's not how we did it in the past. You know, I I got a question. If you really want to go back to the way things were always done, how far back do you want to go? I mean, if you want to go back, this is an old congregation. Do you want to go back to when there was no power? Uh, when you didn't have the organ? Maybe cut the air conditioner off? Huh. Everybody in the back just went not that far back. <laughs> you see, folks that don't want change, they just want comfort. They want church to be about them. They want the plans and the programs and the events, the things going on, the things that are done to serve them. Oh, there'll be ministry outside the doors, but again, that's just to serve them and what they get out of it. They don't really want the church to grow. They just don't want it to die. And the funny thing is, Folks with that mindset don't really mean to be cold. They just don't really want to share the warmth (laughs) with people they don't know. And since they've already got a good group of friends and those friends already claim to go to church, well, then there's nobody to minister to, is there? Let me leave you with that one thought. If none of your friends are unchurched, get some new friends intentionally get friends who don't go to church and if a lot of your friends say well I I go to First Baptist I go to St. Anne's I go ask them are you active when was the last time you went what are you doing push them a little bit you'd be surprised but so often people don't want change they want comfort. They don't want the church to grow because then new people would be here. There'd be new people in the church kitchen. You know, you'd think a war has started over something like that. <laughs> I actually had that one time. A lady came to me and said, we've got a really big problem. This was at a previous church. We've got a really, really big problem. And I said, what is it? She goes, so-and-so's cleaning the dishes. And? That's my job. (laughs) Yeah, we had a problem. The problem wasn't that so-and-so was cleaning the dishes. They were new. They had decided to help. And in the end, this person was going to run them off. I know everybody just kind of laughed, but look around. Are you sitting in your pew? Here's a challenge for you. Is Barry back next Sunday? Okay. Everybody sit in a different seat. Don't tell him why. (laughs) Just make him worry and wonder. (laughs) We've got to bring break this mindset. It is strangling this denomination. It will kill this denomination within one generation. You ask, why is it people go to another church? Is it the music style? Is it the activities? Is it the programs? Those may all be great and wonderful things. But at the heart of it is the people's attitude about growing a church, about serving the Lord, about doing the work they're called to do. Paul says, forgetting what was past, I'm looking forward. Now, that's not to say he's saying, well, doctrine doesn't matter. No, by no means. He's just told them the importance of doctrine in the previous chapter. He's just saying, I'm not holding on to that as the only thing. Think about those soldiers. They've retired to that community. They're readily settled down. They don't want to do too much. Here Paul's going to remind them they've still got work to do. The text is a clear warning against being stuck in a rut. About doing things the same old way because, well, we've always done them that way. About being comfortable when we're not supposed to. You want to know how serious that is? If the church at Philippi, if the church at Philippi had said, no, we're just going to be comfortable. We're just going to be who we are and how we like and the people we like and nobody else. Christianity might have been just simply a footnote in some British history book. And we wouldn't be here. As a Christian, as a denomination, as a church, we are commissioned to carry the gospel forward. To reach out to those who don't look like us, who don't act like us, who don't know the things we know. We're commissioned to reach out to the unchurched. And a little note there, they're unchurched, so don't expect them to know how to act in church. We're commissioned by God to do these things. For you see, we're active duty soldiers in the Lord's army. We're not retired yet. Now, our retirement program is indeed <laughs> out of this world. But We still have a job to do. Now, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you don't know what's going to happen, if you indeed are going to end up in heaven or not, you can't go down this path first. You need to know who Christ is. To commit your life to Him. If you don't know, see me. I'll be glad to introduce you. But if you do, you've got a job to do. A job to undertake. You have an opportunity for revival, for change, for renewal, for growth. As the moderator of the denomination, I bring you greetings on behalf of the denomination and a challenge. We need you to lead the way. Would you join me in a prayer? Almighty and everlasting God, forgive us. For many times, Father, we've been lazy. We've been comfortable. Many times, Father, we have looked around and said how we want things and not how you want things. Father, renew us and revive us. Stir within us a desire to serve you Father, we thank you as a congregation for the blessings we've received, for the rich heritage and history that we have, for our denomination, for those whom serve in boards and agencies and ministries around the world. Father, we're mindful of those here at home, those who defend our freedoms, those who secure us. We pray for those in our armed forces, those in law enforcement, those with fire and EMS and medical services. And Father, as we understand your word and your ways, pierce our hearts with understanding and renew us each and every day. For Father, we offer all of this in Jesus' name, amen. you have an opportunity to affirm what you believe. And so won't you stand for the Apostles' Creed? It's printed in the bulletin for your convenience. And so I ask you Christians, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our hymn of dedication is number 301. Number 301, A Charge to Keep, I Have.